0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: It's time to look back at the best of soaps in 2013, today on a special edition of Soap Central Live. for uh-huh what's happening
0: this week on your favorite soap operas it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on soap central live with dan j kroll get ready for the latest soap news scoops recaps and interviews with your favorite daytime stars now
2: here's dan
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and the festive music that you hear playing must mean that it's time for the episode that so many of you look forward to. It is part one of our special two-part look back at the year that was. This week, it is The Best of Soaps 2013. So over the next hour, you're going to hear from SoapCentral.com's Two Scoops columnists to find out all the things that we loved about the year gone by. So grab yourself a cup of eggnog, roast some chestnuts, whatever you need to do to get comfortable because this is going to be a fun show. And then don't forget, next week we're going to look at some of the things that we didn't like about 2013. But forget about that for now because this week it is all about the things that we loved. We're going to kick it off talking about the bold and the beautiful.
3: Happy Holidays, SoapCentral.com, This is Tracy Lovell. Thanks for reading. Thanks for following along with us. And please have a very
2: safe and happy holiday. Hi, everybody. This is Adam Michael James, one of your Soap Central columnists for The Bold and the Beautiful, wishing everybody, what else, a bold and beautiful Christmas and 2014.
1: If you've been tuning into our year in review shows here on Soap Central Live for the past bunch of years, you'll know that the Days of Our Lives team of Tony and Larissa come on each year together. They talk about their best. They talk about their worst. Well, I'm a little jealous that they're able to do this in so much sync. So we've decided that we're going to allow the folks from our bold and the beautiful two scoops columns to have a shot at talking head-to-head on air as well we're going to bring in our veteran columnist adam michael james who has been writing the two scoops column now for quite some time we'll find out exactly how long he's been doing it mike how long have you been writing this two scoops column four years four years i should know this okay so we've got Four years, you've been.
2: So, so if I if I if I were sore ass, I'd be like twenty five by now.
1: If you were sore ass, you wouldn't be able to sit down. I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Not
2: sure.
1: (laughs) I'm not (laughs) sure what that means. So we've got Mike, who's been writing the column for four years. But this year we did add someone new to the roster. We've brought in someone from, I don't want to say the minor leagues. That makes it sound insulting. But we brought somebody into our (laughs) professionals. We have brought in Tracy. She's here with us as well. Tracy, welcome to your first ever year in review, Bold and the Beautiful, Sub Central Live extravaganza. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. So we're going to go to Mike and allow him the opportunity to talk about maybe his idea for best use of history as we've seen on other shows this year a lot of what fans are liking mike is the fact that the shows are understanding that they've been on for 20 30 40 50 years in some cases and there's a lot of history to mine now according to you uh, some of the best moments in 2013 were the use of history
2: well yeah i i liked um, the fact that um they kind of revisited the Brooke and Eric relationship. I mean, I know a lot of people were, were not thrilled with the idea of Brooke trying to kind of use Eric to cover up her, her Brill pregnancy, but I liked it simply because, well, for one thing, you know, with, with Ridge and Stephanie gone, the originals anyway, um, there's only two people left of the core four. So to have them come together and kind of re-explore things was really neat to me. And, and also the fact that they used so many flashbacks from 1991 instead of just using flashbacks from something that we just saw last week, which is not terribly effective, but to really bookend it with, you know, the old scenes was a a really great touch.
1: I know Tracy will be talking about that use of Brooke and her history probably next week in our Worst of show, if that's a little bit of a foreshadowing for those of you out there who are listening. But Tracy, how about for you? We're talking 27 years now. Do you think that this was something they did a good job of doing in 2013?
3: I want to give it on a scale probably maybe of 1 to 10, maybe like a 5-ish. Just to say, I mean, I like the fact that we did get a chance to hear about Sally Spectra on Allie's recent return, on how she used to play with her, and, you know, she used, like, coin phrases like Queenie. That's something that, you know, Sally and Stephanie went through together, and they briefly spoke about, you know, the quick rivals and stuff like that between the Forrester and the Spectra families. I would have loved for them actually to... Um, give us a little bit more closure with Sally's character, but, you know,
1: that didn't happen. But what I noticed that you said that you do like were maybe some of the history aspects or things that you didn't like. You've really liked the new characters that have been added in 2013. What is it about these new characters that you love and and which characters are they, I guess?
3: Quinn, I will probably say it's my top favorite. I think the show... um, really needed that new spice kind of crazy, um, crazy as sheila asked, Not that, that crazy, but she has little, little flickers of Sheila in there, and she also has, like, this m- um, maternity kind of mama bear type thing going on that Stephanie had with Ridge, and I kind of see that mirroring with Quinn and Wyatt. I love it. I love it, and we really lacked it, so I'm glad that they brought that back into the fold. I love it.
1: Mike, do you think that B&B has done a a better job this year of bringing in new characters? I know that we've talked in the past, a lot of times there'll be big hubbubs about new characters, they're there for maybe two months, they don't know what to do with them, and they disappear. It seems, at least to me, that they've been a little more successful with this in 2013.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've definitely brought on a lot of new characters. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Wyatt and Quinn yet, just because they seem to change personalities from week to week, but I mean, I I do agree (laughs) that there's a good energy there, but... um, I kind of liked Maya as as uh, my favorite new character, at least at mm-hmm. first, because um, oh, she was another one that kind of you know, came in as borderline psycho and then suddenly became all nice and sweet. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she wrote these on her happy pills. But um, I, I mean, who else could go up against Bill Spencer, you know, and basically mm-hmm. tell him to go to hell? I mean, not too many people can do that. So, um, and and her pairing with Rick was nice at first before it got all. Con- you know, com- discombobulated, but um, I, I kind of like Maya. Um, she sort of
1: stood out for me. Well, Mike, I'm also looking at some of the things that you like in terms of of things that have happened over the past 12 months, and there's something that appeals to me as a wannabe foodie. You're talking about in the best comeuppance. It's Liam's waffle karma. That sounds just <laughs> delicious. It sounds syrupy <laughs> and wonderful. What is what is waffle karma?
2: Well, you know, you know, Liam owns stock in the Waffle House. You know, if you're from the South, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, a- after he went back and forth between Hope and Steffi over and over and over again, I really liked watching him have to suck it up. As, as Hope and Wyatt started flirting with each other because it gave him a taste of his own medicine that he really, really deserved.
1: Tracy, going back to you for 2013, looking back on the last 12 months, I think everybody knows that it's so easy to think of things that have happened in the past couple of weeks that may make the best of list. Sometimes it's really hard to remember what happened all the way back in January. On your list of best things of the year gone by, Do you happen to know what the most long-ago best moment is for you that you have on your list? Something that maybe goes back to the beginning of the year? Oh, my goodness. I ask the hard questions on the (laughs) year-end show. I make everyone happy and loving for the first 11 months. And then on the last show of the year, I slam them with the questions. This
2: is why I write (laughs) everything down.
1: (laughs) See, Mike has learned. Mike has learned.
3: I want to say probably going to sound a little
1: harsh, but Steffi's miscarriage, that storyline? Okay. Well, it's interesting because as folks are going to hear during the course of this hour, a lot of the storylines that are really sad that you wouldn't wish on anyone. Exactly. In The Young arrests we're going to be talking about uh, the death of a child. On General Hospital, we're going to be talking about the death of a, of a character as well. Here's another one. What is it about this storyline that certainly isn't joyful that not, not. you remember as memorable?
3: Just Jacqueline, Jackie, McKenna's Boyd, her performance during that entire storyline was actually just raw and I don't really cry on little soap operas or whatever but she really, I felt it for her. I teared up for her. I mean the whole hospital scene when she realized that she lost her child was just like, oh my god. It was very just heart-wrenching and I thought that she delivered that performance very very well. It went through, it was was
2: great, Emmy-worthy to me. That's how I see it.
1: I agree. I, I, yeah, I
2: agree. She, she totally rocked those scenes. Yeah.
1: What about you, Mike? Is there something that goes back earlier on into 2013 that has made your best of list? Well,
2: this is just a little minor thing, but I, it really is something that stayed with me, and that was the show addressing ageism. Um, I know that that's not a usual thing oh, that a still does, but when 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 Brooke came back and was you know rocking the lingerie for Brooke's bedroom you know you had Taylor and and Thomas and all of them you know that oh well you should be more age appropriate and you shouldn't be you know putting yourself out there as a sexual being and then you had you know the other characters going look you can be sexy at any age and I think my favorite part of that was even Pam you know putting on some lingerie and strutting around you know you know because I mean if you're over 25 you're kind of over the hill in our society so I think that you know showing that people in their 40s, 50s, and beyond it, are allowed to be sexy was a really great message. Very good.
1: Well, over 25, huh? Well, I guess fortunately... All, that means yeah, for all of us, yeah. For me... <laughs> I'm old, but at least it means that SoapCentral.com is still a sexy, vibrant 18-and-a-half-year-old.
2: Right. We'll so, so <laughs> so put on some lingerie and strut around, Dan.
1: I will go and put some lingerie <laughs> on the website. Perhaps we can get a partnership with Victoria's Secret. But for those of you out there who are listening and want to read what is going on, what Mike and Tracy picked as their best and worst of moments, I'm going to let you know that Tracy's column will be coming up Next week, it'll be posted the week of December 23rd, and then the following week on the 30th, Mike is going to be sharing his picks for best and worst. But we're not done talking about what happened in 2013. We are going to have another show, a Worst of Show, coming up next week, Friday, December 27th. I'm going to assume, but let's ask them. Tracy, will there be some things that you will be able to talk about for the worst of 2013?
2: Oh, yes. Yes, there will.
1: Mike? (laughs) Mike, what about you?
2: (laughs) Um, Hello. Who are we talking about here?
1: (laughs) Well, there you have it. So, we're going to be back to talk about the worst of the bold and the beautiful next week. But our talk this week about the best of 2013 continues.
3: Hey, everybody. This is Marisa from Two Scoops.
1: And this is Tony.
3: And we just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.
4: Yes, and join us for the 7th Annual Gold Donut Awards where we celebrate the best of days 2013.
1: We are now going to move on to Days of Our Lives and start off with our original super couple of Two Scoopdom. They don't have a smushed name, but I think we're going to have to give them one this year. It's either going to be Laroni or Teresa I don't know if either of those are going to work, but we're going to welcome in Tony and Larissa as well. Tony, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Dan. Happy holidays. Thank you. And Larissa, we have you here as well. Which one do you like? Do you like Laroni, because it does put your name first, or do you like ton Risa?
3: <laughs> well, if we did like Teresa, I don't think Tony could handle it because he thinks that it would obviously have to be Jeannie. So, anybody named Teresa, he just can't quite wrap his head around. So, we'd probably have to go with Laroni. But that sounds like baloney. We need, to, we need to workshop this a little bit. It doesn't sound very good. Yeah, something a little more exotic,
2: I think.
1: Laroni yeah. sounds like you should be out there uh, uh, making the ice skating rink a lot smoother like they do in a hockey game.
4: <laughs> Well, I like the San Francisco treat. For some reason, that's
1: popping in my mind. <laughs> that is. <laughs> um, I don't know how better to segue into the show. You're talking about treats. We are talking about the best of days of our lives, 2013. Certainly off screen, one of the best moments of the year was the show winning a Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Drama Series, the first time in 3,416 years that it did so. But more than that, there still is a lot of stuff to celebrate. This doesn't appear to be just a once and done flash in the pan, Larissa. So let's start off with what you want to talk about with the best of 2013. I know that you've been brainstorming some categories. Where should we start?
3: We have. Um, well, we can start right at the top. We actually, our first category right out the gate is going to be best new character. Which was good this year. Dave actually had a lot of um, a lot of new characters come on screen. As everybody should know, Tony and I have we pinky swear and make everybody promise that the two of us cannot pick the same person. So this way we get a little bit more coverage in the column. So my best new character that I picked was baby Ari. And not necessarily because I'm sure she's a wonderful person. I haven't really, like, had a chance to, like, get to know her that well yet. We haven't, like, she hasn't been aged to be 16 so that I can get to know her. I'm looking forward to that next week. But right now the thing that I really like about her is because it gave me my own little Christmas miracle, which I refer to as the pairing of Gabby and Sonny. When they share scenes, whether they are dramatic or funny, whatever, I really like them together. And as everybody knows, Gabby's a character that I haven't really, you know, grabbed onto with both hands, unless they're around her neck. So <laughs> I like it when, when Sonny and Gabby share scenes. I really like them together. So And I have Baby Ari to take for that. So I'm going with Baby Ari.
1: Tony, how about you? At first, I, I didn't know this, but Larissa
4: would not let me pick Kristen Blake-Demera for this <laughs> award. She said, Eileen Davidson's been on the show too many times. I can't pick her. I had her picked as best, best male, best female. I, so I had to go with another plan B. Um, and I picked the lovely uh, Jordan Ridgeway, played by your friend, Chriselle. And she just, I, I love her. I fell in love with her as Amanda Dillon on All My Children. And when she was coming to Days, I was, like, like, kind of hyperventilating. So, you know, it's a very, like, you know, slow burn with the character. You know, now we're, You know, we're into the winter months and just kind of figuring out what's going on with her a little bit. But I just, she's uber talented and just, you know, lovely presence to have on the screen each week.
1: And for me, knowing Chriselle Staus, as you mentioned, one of the highlights for me was seeing the fake IDs with all of those hilarious hairdos that we got to see her in. (laughs) Loved every minute of it. (laughs)
3: I thought about that, and I was the dork who was totally pausing my TV to try to read what all her other names were, so I'm like, ooh, to see if, like, you know, because sometimes they like to slip in, you know, the show will slip in references, wink here and there, and I was trying, I was writing down and trying to think so hard. I'll have to talk to Tony about it later and be like, do we know any of these people? Here
0: are their names.
1: Well, it's funny because so- I, I know the days before high-definition television or before they knew that we had the ability to pause TV with things like DVRs and TiVos, They didn't really think about those things. They would put up things and and no one would pay attention. However, now, people, I was right there with you, Larissa. I was pausing. I wanted (laughs) to see what state she lived in. I wanted to jot down her previous addresses so we could update them for the SoapCentral.com who's who profiles, everything. It almost makes us sound like we're stalking people, and that does sort of take us to another best people who would stalk each other they're the villains which we can't have a soap without villains and larissa you have someone who was a best villain i don't know that that seems like an oxymoron
5: well
3: best villain for i mean soaps i don't think a good soap can exist unless you have a good villain um, and so, and this year, we really got lucky. And I do not know how I snagged this pick because I think Tony was looking the other way. I, went <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, they just dave hit the jackpot when they had her she's such a layered villain because she's so crazy that we don't we know that some we're we're both never surprised with what she does and shocked with what she does at the same time because we know that she's going to do just something mad but like when she actually gets down to it we never said oh yeah I bet Kristen's going to rape a priest. I bet that's what's going to happen. I see it coming. No one saw that coming. But, I mean, the fact that she was so twisted in this revenge just made for, like, just crazy entertaining TV and really good performances from a lot of them involved. So, I went with Kristen, and there's nothing Tony can do about it. because yeah, Tony, to and
1: how did you let yes. her get away with this? I mean, you were too busy worrying about picking Kristen as best new character that you didn't see her sneak in for the kill with villain? Mm-hmm.
4: Well, you know, villain, tomato, tomato, that type of thing. I kind of find that Eric Christian is rather misunderstood. And I mean, Priest rape. I mean, really? I mean, she did drug him. I mean, yes. And kind of pounce on him. But um, anyways, the weather outside tonight is amazing. But my, my point of that is, I, I, you know, I, I, I utilize her in other areas uh, where she's just as qualified for. So, uh, you know, she'll be well represented.
1: So who were you left with? I, I don't mean to make it sound as though the your choice is, is a leftover, but who were you left with as your choice for best villain?
4: Well, I, I had two uh, caddy ladies kind of fighting for me for my attention on this award, and Teresa was one of them because she just she's just nasty, like they're just plain old Janet Jackson girl is nasty. But then um, in the beginning of the year, Chloe Lane came back, and she totally like my bonkers, and, you know, pretty much, like, black Daniel into, you know, being with him, taking his son away, and the funny part is, like, Ditsy is, we always tease Chloe for for being, and she's, you know, usually not the brightest bulb in the um, Christmas tree, but she actually, like, got away with it. Like, her conscience at the very end is the only thing that kept her from, like, returning the the child and, you know, kind of saying, oh, yeah, I was wrong, but, like, she could have gotten away with it, and that was kind of, for her, it was kind of Genius enough not two words to work with
1: Chloe too often. So <laughs> maybe Nada Bjorlin was taking some lessons from her mom. I mean, her mom was the villain of Dirty Soap for as short as it, it lasted. But perhaps that's where she was <laughs> pick getting her inspiration. Well, no, I'm totally right. The best couple is always a category that makes soap fans sometimes turn into villains of their own, fighting over whether they like this particular pairing or this particular side of the love triangle. My choice for best couple will not be revealed on the air because if I pick you and Tony, then the other scoop people will come and track (laughs) me down and then they won't submit their columns. So I'm not going to let any... Damn. Uh, Anyway, that aside, (laughs) going back to Larissa, uh, couples. I mean, I I know that you have to know this from writing the column now for 243 years. People do have very strong opinions about couples. So no matter who you pick as your best couple, you're usually going to leave someone out in the cold. Who did you leave out in the cold this year?
3: Well, I left everybody except for Sonny and Will out in the cold this year. Okay. Um, no. When we look at this, when we look, we take these awards very seriously, Dan, as
0: you know. And when we look at <laughs> this, like,
3: of course, like, we have our personal favorite couples, but not just because they're our personal favorite doesn't necessarily mean that they had a great year, you know, like that they were, you know, had some good storylines or whatever. But, I mean, when I think about Sonny and Will this year, I mean, let's just think about this. Like, in in, in the span of about four months, Sonny found out that Will had fathered a child with his straight ex, shot a man, and got blackmailed by Nick being a big jerk face for the whole thing. And they didn't break up. Like, the fact (laughs) that if you think about the year that Will and Sonny have had and the fact that they haven't broken up, it's kind of astounding. Like, they may kind of be the most (laughs) solid. They're almost like... It's, they're almost out of place on a soap because they do this thing where they, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, compromise. Yeah, that's it. Nobody on soap does that. And these two managed to pull it off, and they did it a lot this year. And they managed to do most of it with Gabby and the baby living right under their noses, too. So I, I think that for them, it's, it's hard for me to, to think of, you know, another couple that have, could have gone through everything that they went through and still made it through it. So good, good, for, good for them, boys
1: she's got a point Tony there have been couples who've broken up for a lot less and on some soaps they've broken up in horrible ways by text message by just disappearing so that leads us to your pick who did you pick as your favorite couple of 2013
4: well like Will and Sonny my couple were very calm and very docile and they oh wait no, no. I think EJ and Sammy <laughs> <laughs> Like they're the anti Will and Sonny like they pretty much fight and scream each other and then have like wild passionate sex and then fight some more and it's just like for the first time since you know James Scott came on the show with EJ like this is the first year they're actually like a legitimate couple and I think like every fan who likes them together was just like and I myself included was just okay this is not okay I'm not getting too excited because the writers like two months later the writers are going to pull this out and then two months came along and you're like okay, I'm, I'm a little calmer, okay, no, they're going to do it, okay, oh wait, it's like six or seven months later, and they're still actually together, and, you know, I mean, they're having their issues, you know, little murder, little hot hidden secrets, little, mm-hmm. hey, I knew I your brother, the priest, but, <laughs> oh, that, exactly, they're kind of still together, and that's, you know, they're, they're working their issues out, and it was just, I mean, their chemi- the actor's chemistry is just amazing, and just you know, it's kind of finally, like, bam, they're front and center, and it just, it worked, like, completely on every level.
1: Let me just ask you a little bit about soap math then, Tony. Six months in coupledom on a soap, what is that equivalent to in the real world?
4: Probably about a silver anniversary. <laughs> so, In six months on a soap, a couple could have, you know, gotten married, divorced, married, divorced, had three kids, the kids could be teenagers. So, like, <laughs> you know, I'd say silver. It's kind of like And I think
3: now. I think silver is good too because if you throw it, it doesn't break, which would be great for
4: EJ and Sammy. Yeah, they break a lot of things—dishes, yeah, glassware.
1: <laughs> well, we are not going to be breaking anything, hopefully, because we're going to be enjoying some donuts when we read the best of Days of Our Lives 2013 column on SoapCentral.com. It is posted the week of December 23rd. However, not everything in a given year works. So, Tony and Larissa, you are going to be back next week to talk about the worst of 2013. There are some bad things going on in, in Days of Our Lives this year. It was hard for us to come up with
3: some snark remarks to say about days, but we really, for you, Dan, we buckled down and, and we tried. did. We well, thank,
1: thank goodness, because my, my heart stopped there for a moment. <laughs> All right, so that's what we have for Days of Our Lives, the best of, as you heard. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be talking about some of the things in Salem that did not work in 2013.
5: Hi, everybody. This is Liz Masters wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Whatever you jingle, I hope it jingles.
3: Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Tammy Lou at GH Soap Central.
1: We are moving on now to the best of 2013 in Port Charles. That's General Hospital, for those of you out there for some reason who are not tuning in weekdays to ABC's General Hospital. We're going to have a little bit of a -a Lizapalooza, as you're about to hear. We'll have a couple of columnists from Subcentral.com who are named Liz. But up first is the Liz that has been with us the longest for more than 10 years. She is one of your General Hospital Two Scoops columnists, Liz Masters, Welcome back to Subcentral Live. Thank you,
5: and thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, has it been 10 years?
1: Over it might even years, be right? longer than that, I'm not entirely sure, but the thing that I like, particularly when we do a, a year in review, and it's the best of like we're doing this week, is when there is so much to choose from that would fall under the best category, and I have to tell you, General Hospital had a lot of good things in 2013, so how did you go about picking what you liked the best?
5: Well, you know, it, it was really hard, because this year, I think everything worked really well. We had some mistakes, but in general, we did really well. Everything worked. Um, the uh, Robin Storyline, for example, is one of my favorites, and I, and I know it started last year, and this is the second year, but it was an umbrella storyline, and it brought so many things back to General Hospital, including Anna Devane, Robert Scorpio, Duke Lavery. I mean, it was an endless gift. And it gave us a nurse's ball, you know, because Sabrina wanted to honor honor Robin. And so she decided to do the nurse's ball. And we had Richard Simmons. We had a lot of guests this year, not just because of the nurse's ball, but
1: because of the 50th anniversary. Like you said, there were all of these characters that fans knew, that fans cared about. And when you bring that sort of history back into the show, you really have to have people who understand the history of the show. And from reading your Two Scoops columns over the past 12 months, it seems like you really appreciate the respect that Ron Carlovati, the head writer of General Hospital, and Frank Valentini, the executive producer, have had for GH.
5: Oh, definitely. And, and when I did my best in and I was trying to figure out what I like. I have to say, I have to pick Ron. I mean, he is such a wonderful head writer. And you can tell that he has a genuine love for General Hospital. Um, you know, when he looks back and he says, oh, who am I going to pull back to celebrate the 50th anniversary? He brought Frisco. Now, I know some people weren't really happy with Frisco's return because it was brief and he, you know, it did the whole deadbeat father thing. But, you know, to me, Frisco is one of those guys, he's, he's an international spy. He's out there saving the world. And, yes, he was a lousy father, but... He is also saving the world, and sometimes, you know, you're going to make sacrifices. I loved his return. I was not the least bit disappointed by it. I loved everybody's return, um, Cesar on, and, and I have to credit Ron Car- Carlovati for this because he really knew who to bring back. I mean, he was not bringing back people that, you know, we really didn't care about, and I honestly can't tell you, I can't pick one of them because I forgot them. You know, the ones I don't care about, I don't remember but I do remember Anna, I remember Robert, I remember Duke. And, of course, we had recent news that we're going to get another Cassadine returning, and I do remember him when I was a little girl being on the show. So, yeah, I think he is probably the best part of General Hospital right now because he knows how to write and he knows how to tap into not just the new fans because he brings you exciting storylines, the old fans, you know, uh, the ones who've been around forever, you know, like me. I've been watching General Hospital since, um, pretty much since the womb, I think. And well, if I ask my parents, I'm pretty sure they're going to say I was conceived during an episode of General <laughs> <Hospital>. <laughs> I don't know if we want to
1: know that. And speaking of other things that we don't want to talk about, we are going to talk about the worst of 2013 next year with Liz. So for those of you who are wondering... What she thinks didn't work, after talking about all the things that did work, you'll want to tune in next week, December 27th, to find that out as well. But let's keep going here. Some of the other Mm -hmm. aspects that a head writer has to do, in, in addition to weaving history and maybe revisiting characters from the past, sometimes they have to create new characters or develop new characters that are part of legacy families. And that was done on General Hospital. We have the Jeromes coming back with some new members. And I understand that you were really happy that G.H. went back and revisited the Jeromes.
5: I was a, I was a young girl when the Jeromes were on. And I had a vague recollection, but I love William DeVry. Oh, my gosh, that man is gorgeous. <laughs> and he's a great actor, too. So <laughs> but the way he's playing Julian, I love it. I think he is the perfect nemesis for Sonny he is because you can't tell if this Julian is a good guy or a bad guy who has some good qualities I like that I like having that mystery not knowing really what is going on with him and hoping hoping that he's going to be a good guy because I really do like him I think he is great for General Hospital and like I said he's giving Sonny You know, for a while, Sonny kind of became stale, and I didn't like Theo Hoffman, for example, as a nemesis for Sonny. Um, Because Theo Hoffman was just, you know, it was just like one of the many bad guys that Sonny faced. Now Sonny is facing somebody almost like um, Lorenzo Alcazar, you know, that there's that quality where you like him and you want to root for him, but you also like Sonny and you want to root for Sonny. It's great.
1: Are you You done drooling now?
5: (laughs) No, i can go on
1: we will oh. move on to a less i
5: don't even need wood to get the fire going if william the fire is in the room oh, God. i don't know fight. what that means
1: <laughs> oh our christmas episode has turned into an x-rated smut fest thanks to liz masters wonderful
5: oh yeah well you're welcome you're welcome you know that's what you get when you talk to somebody who loves in to hospital oh well
1: <laughs> we are <We're>
5: unpredictable <laughs>
1: Well, I gotta tell you, there's more from Liz Masters, and you can read her Two Scoops column with her picks for the best and the worst. They will be posted online the week of December 23rd, so perhaps after your Done unwrapping some of your presents, you can head over to SoapCentral.com and check out her column, or you can even read it before. Maybe print it out and do a Christmas Eve reading, whatever it is that you prefer to do. (laughs) And Liz, you're going to be back here with us next week to talk about the things that maybe didn't work in 2013. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, I don't want to say worse. I don't want to say worse. I want to say not so good or missteps, because worse is not, it doesn't apply this year to general hospitals.
1: 2013 was the 50th anniversary of the very first episode of General Hospital, and to help celebrate that milestone, the show pretty much brought back almost anybody who had ever been on the show in the past 50 (laughs) years. And, as you're about to hear, one of our Two Scoops columnists from SoapCentral.com, Tammy Lou, thinks that that made for an amazingly entertaining year. Tammy Lou, it's always an entertaining time when you're here, so welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thank you so much, Dana. It's great to be here. I personally, like you, loved this carting out of all of the people that we'd forgotten about. It made for not just great drama, it also made for a lot of funny moments. And for you, that use of that history, even including some of the villains that people might otherwise have not been rooting for, you're saying that that was really something that you looked forward to in 2013?
3: I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And, and particularly, Saison was one of my favorite villains back in the day, and that he wasn't just like popped in there for a day or two, but he actually got a whole long storyline, and I got to see his crazy all over again. It was a very happy time for me.
1: There were some other villains that you also... I mean, as much as you can root for a villain, I suppose, there were some other villains in 2013 that also made your best of list. Yes,
3: I loved that they had all the villains working together in some uber evil supervillain network (laughs) where they were all kind of helping each other out. It was like a bad episode of Batman, you know, they had Obrecht and Faison and Jerry Jacks and Heather and all these different people and they were all kind of interconnected and uh, several of them have been presumed dead multiple times, but here they are again very much alive and still doing evil in the world and (laughs) causing havoc wherever they go. And I I loved the pseudo-romance between Obrecht and Faison, and it was just so twisted and bizarre and hilarious. And every time that they were on the screen, I was glued to it. I laughed. And I know you're not really supposed to laugh at them because they're bad, but yet I kind of liked them.
1: Well, it also provided one of the best sound bites of 2013, the clamps. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> she had so many good lines this year. How she got through those lines. How she ever was able to say them, and the people around her in the scene were able to listen to them without bursting into laughter. Some of those things I rewound and played, rewound and played because they were just so funny. I couldn't make myself stop listening to them.
1: There was another moment that we had, Dr. Oberg, that was entertaining. And it was during Jump, for my love, during a performance during the nurse's ball, where she was dancing and boogieing in her room. And the nurse's ball was also another one of your highlights in 2013.
3: It was. And I, I also liked when they were doing karaoke at uh, the bar one night, and she was singing karaoke, too. It's, she's, just,
1: she's just delightful. On next week's show, On December 27th, which is our look at the worst of 2013, your Two Scoops cohort, Liz Masters, is going to be sharing something that she absolutely did not like about 2013, and somehow it's ended up on your best of list. So I want to give people the positive side. I still love her. That's okay. (laughs) I want to give people the positive (laughs) side of this so they can hear both sides of the story. You like the fact that Morgan was brought back and aged, and uh, apparently running around without a shirt most of the time. <laughs> well,
3: I didn't say I'd do running around without the shirt part, although I didn't fast forward <laughs> when he was on without his shirt. I know that makes me sound like a creeper, but even so. I At first, I, I didn't like it. I loved little Morgan when he was Aaron Rev from many years ago, and I was that they're going to bring him back and when the first couple days he was there I was grumpy about it but then as time has gone on I've actually really grown to enjoy the actor I think his performances are growing I think he's a great foil for his father and for his brother and that he's so angry at the things that have happened between his father that he's actively working against his dad but there's that part of him that he realizes that he could actually get his dad killed and he's waffling back and forth about which side to be on. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying the storyline. It sounds like you... Although it is kind of creepy that you're sleeping with Ava.
1: Well, you know, everybody's entitled to a little character flaw. I guess. But, you know, I mean, we're talking about, and as I mentioned, GH turned 50. Its ratings are up, which are all great things. They're all wonderful things that hopefully will continue for many, many years to come. Preach it, brother. (laughs) I'm going to try. That's what we do here. I've got my hands in the air, and I'm, I'm waving them back and forth. However, I have to ask you if, I mentioned we have a show coming up next week with some of the worst of 2013. Do you think you'll be able to come back and have a couple of things that you'll be able to talk about that you didn't like about the year gone by?
3: Yeah, I thought it was a great year overall, but there were definitely some things that irked me and irritated me and that I could have done without. All
1: right, well, that's a little preview for what you can expect next week. And you can also check out Tammy Lou's Best and Worst of General Hospital 2013 Two Scoops column being posted the week of December 30th on SoapCentral.com. Tammy Lou, I look forward to reading that, and I also look forward to next week when we can talk about some of the stuff that we want to gripe about.
3: Me too, Dan. That'll be great. Thanks so much for having me on today.
1: Oh, thank you for being here.
0: Hi, this is Teddy, and I'm wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to you all. And keep watching The Young and the Restless.
1: 2013 on The Young and the Restless featured a lot of really sad storylines. But when we're talking about the best of the year, one of the great things that came out of these tragic storylines was some really great performances. We are joined by Teddy, one of our Two Scoops columnists for The Young and the Restless on SoapCentral.com, making her first appearance here in The Best and Worst Of. So first of all, welcome aboard to our Best and Worst this week, The Best, Teddy.
0: Well, thank you, Dan. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be talking about The Best for my first time. This is exciting.
1: So as I mentioned, there were really a lot of things, both real life and fictional that were sad in 2013 but we'll talk about that probably next week in the worst of show but i did mention that you seem to in particular be taken by some of the performances on y&r in 2013 so who were some of your choices for best performances in 2013
0: oh absolutely by far billy miller as billy abbott he was just awesome and, I mean, he portrayed a grieving father, and I, I, he had me in tears just about every time he was on the screen. It was just so sad and so heart-wrenching to watch. And, and you know, you, you, could almost, you could almost feel like that his daughter had actually died. I mean, it's just so sad. But that's what made it so great was that he, he was just so believable. And to me, it was award-winning by far.
1: Is it difficult For someone who's watching it to see a sad story, to maybe not be happy with the storyline choice, but at the same time to be riveted by someone's performance. Was there ever a time in your mind where you maybe couldn't separate the two or that you wondered how you could be so enthralled by Billy Miller's acting when it was really such a sad, sad story?
5: I really
0: didn't have a. Have any problems separating the two? Although I can understand that other fans might, you know, but I—I um, I don't know. It was—it was so sad. It's true. The storyline was terribly sad, and it was just horrible. I mean, it, and it kind of was depressing too. But yet, the acting was so good. In fact, I probably would have said, you know, oh man, I don't even want to watch this. Except that watching the—the the acting was just. Terrific! I mean, they were just so great, and they and, and and it was worth it to watch, just for the acting, and for uh, also for Elizabeth Hendrickson too, and also Amelia Heinle. She was just awesome. She had me in tears every time she was on the screen too. It was like because she was trying to support Billy and try to give him what she what Billy needed from Victoria. But Victoria just couldn't seem to figure it out, and she just seemed so lost. And, she, and plus, she blamed herself, because she's the one who asked Billy to get the ice cream in the first place, and it was just so sad.
1: Well, we're talking about the best of, so let's try to maybe transition away from things that made us cry, okay. even though they may have been the best <laughs> of the year. Were there any happy stories? Were there anything, uh, anything that went on in Genoa City in 2013 that left you feeling happy that also made you say, this is one of the best of 2013?
0: Well, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I know there was there were hu- there was humor at times, and that was that was good. Oh, and actually, I can think of something. I would select probably, even though this may not really be the case at the moment. It looks like Summer is Jack's daughter, and that has been good for the character of Jack. I mean, he has been trying so hard to connect with Summer, and and to figure out how to have a relationship with her, and it's been great. Again, the acting is superb for this, too, you know. Peter Bergman's just been wonderful in this, but, but that's, that's happy. It's like, even though it's horrible, that yeah, I, he, he wasted a lot of years, you know, if is in fact, his daughter, but um, it, it's just it's been great seeing them trying to bond, and so that kind of makes you smile when they're on the screen together and they're trying to find a way to get to know each other.
1: Something else I think that makes the Young and the Restless fans smile is the fact that the show has now been number one for 25 consecutive years. We're talking all the way back to 1988. Ronald Reagan was president. Gas was just about a buck a gallon. You could buy a stamp for a quarter. So we're talking a long time. What would you say in the last 25 years is your all-time Choice for the best storyline of The Young and the Restless.
0: Oh, my heavens.
1: It's a way back machine. I know that's difficult. I know it's difficult, but I figured it popped into my head. uh, And I thought maybe fans would be interested to know some of your choices for storylines over the years that really, really have stuck with you.
0: My husband and I actually started dating in 1988, so it's like, that kind of does tell me just how long ago that was. I mean, that's And a... he's
1: been, I'm sure he's been number one for the last 25 years as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
0: oh, gosh. It's just, I know there's just been Well, I'll so make many. it a little bit
1: easier and I'll I give you pick an, an episode. open... Uh,
0: you know, Dan, I can not pick an, uh, kind of an episode just because it's what? A okay. foot longer ago, I mean, but because it was so awesome, the way that it was done, and that, and, and yeah, it's sad, and, and I'm not even sure it's a best of thing, but when Colleen died, I thought that episode was really haunting, you know, the way that they portrayed it all, it, the way that it, it's like, I, I thought that was really
1: great. It does bring up a really good point, uh, you know, we mentioned that some of the things that happened on The Young and the Restless this year that were sad, including uh, Delia's death, ended up being storylines and scenes that provided for great acting for me too a lot of my moments a lot of the moments that stand out most in my mind on the young and the restless over the years are the ones that were really sad and i vote for them as some of the best moments i remember when cassie died yeah that to me is probably the most memorable scene for me in the last what is it, fifteen years, decade or so? That's something that just sticks out with me. When Brad was killed and they found I him agree. under the ice. Yeah, the frozen you know, yeah,
0: what Brad sickle? Oh my gosh, I know. So what oh. is
1: it, Teddy? What is it about these sad storylines, or why is it, maybe is a better way to phrase it, why do these storylines that certainly aren't anything that we would ever want to happen to anyone that we love or care about, why is it that these are the ones that stick with us? Why is it that these are the ones that we end up talking about years and years later?
0: Uh, I think it's because they tug at your heart, and they bring out, they reach your emotion, you know, and and they can reach... To all these deep places within yourself. And, and the actors have to reach within themselves to bring out the, the acting to convey it, so the, the emotion, you know. So I think that's why. If it's done right, if the actors do it right, then, then they're able to connect with you and to, to just tug at your heartstrings, you know. <laughs> I I can say that has to be the
1: reason. We will be talking about things that were definitely unhappy next week, (laughs) so I want to invite you to join us again here on SubCentral Live next week to talk about the things that you really didn't like in 2013. Do you think that you can come up with some things?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that it's on my list. (laughs) I mean, I think my whole list must be sad things for heaven's
1: sake. (laughs) Well, you take some time for the next week to make your list, check it twice, all the things that weren't so nice, and we will see you again next week.
0: Okay, great. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, this is Liz Fisher,
3: writer of One Life to Live, Two Scoops for Soap Central. And I just wanted to say happy holidays to all the Soap fans who are tuning in tonight.
1: It may seem like an impossible task to find best of moments for two soaps that are no longer with us, but that's what we're going to try to do this week as we talk about the best moments of All My Children and One Life to Live. If you don't know it already, I am the one who writes the All My Children Two Scoops column on SoapCentral.com, But so I don't have to do a soliloquy or a monologue or whatever you'd like to call it. I have brought in the Two Scoops columnist for One Life to Live, Liz Fisher, to chat about the highs of those two soaps over the past year so liz this is probably a very strange situation to talk about the best moments here but thanks so much for dropping by to talk about the best of all my children one life to live
3: you're welcome i'm glad to be here and um if there's anything we can be grateful for i guess it's that we got some some more good moments before they were canceled again
1: you know, we actually did. I've been scribbling away and making notes for the entire year that All My Children, One Life to Live, were back. And there really were some moments that are worth talking about. So I want to start with One Life to Live for the best of. And I know that you have some thoughts on the romance department. There are some couples that you were really digging in 2013. Who are your picks? I was uh,
3: Beau and Nora were were one of my favorites. I thought they were uh, doing a great job of setting them up as sort of the, um, you know, the stable couple that everyone else, you know, they everyone else is sort of a mess around them, but Bo and Nora were um, thankfully stable, but they were still kept them really fun. I thought the, the whole subplot with Nora's radio show was entertaining and gave them a lot of a lot of opportunities to do comedy, which I think those two actors are great at, Um, and I really, them supporting Destiny and um, having to deal with Matthew, who was, uh, you know, being a less than ideal father, we'll say. Um, I just, I thought they they were fabulous, and they're just so much fun to watch, and after their uh, relationship had been something of a disaster towards the end of the televised version. It was was good to see them happy again. So I really enjoyed them.
1: Yeah, it's nice to see that there was a couple that for so long was a fan favorite when Uh, One Life to Live was on television, it was nice to see that even though Prospect Park was trying to reinvent the soap for the internet age, that they really didn't fiddle too much with a successful formula, and when you have two characters that work, I mean, you've got to run with it.
3: Absolutely. My other favorite was Jeffrey and Destiny, and I think I was in the minority here, at least I felt that way whenever I wrote columns, that nobody else seemed to love them as much as I did, but... I thought they were fun and uh, very cute at the beginning, and then I was very excited when we had the big Jeffrey reveal, which maybe we'll talk about more later, um, but I was very excited to see um, what what might happen with Jeffrey and Def- Destiny's relationship once it was revealed that uh, Jeffrey was working for the big shady organization, um, so obviously... We won't
1: find out, but... <laughs> no, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know if I would have uh, picked them necessarily as my favorite couple, but there is something about Jeffrey that made Destiny more interesting. I don't know if it was a fact mm-hmm. that I was maybe worried for Destiny now because she was getting involved with someone who could potentially be a really, really bad guy, or yeah, I, I don't know quite what it was, but I can definitely see where you're saying that that was an interesting pairing. I'm with you though. I I sort of like the typical couples that we've always talked about. Your Vicky and Clint's, your Bo and Nora, your David mm-hmm. and Dorian. Even though they may not have had the happiest of moments, and maybe they had a whole lot of issues that needed to be resolved, and certainly you know, were left wondering what they're up to now. Until the shows maybe return someday in a far, far galaxy away. But that's, for me, that's sort of where I went to. I don't know that there were any new couples that caught my eye. There were, however, some new couples on All My Children that got my attention. They were not real romantic couples, but there was always that tension that what if, that could they between Angie and David Hayward? They were... I am torn, Liz, because I, I love Jesse and Angie. They are the couple that I want to mm-hmm. be together together for the end of time. However, <laughs> if Angie were to <laughs> fall off the, the Jesse trade, I wouldn't mind her falling on Doctor David Hayward.
3: Well, yeah, you know, I don't know what it is with David because I had never um you know, never been a huge David fan, but I was ready for him to pair up with Angie. I was enjoying his pairing with Colby. Like, he was just. <laughs> he was. I mean, he was getting a lot of action or potential action.
1: And certainly the Colby moment where she was. Oh, how do we put it? She was uh, exercising her jaw muscles, maybe. That was. <laughs> That was another uh, extremely memorable moment. I don't know if it was the best or the worst, but it was definitely a moment that had everybody talking. And there were a lot of moments on One Life to Live that had people talking. For you, what are some of the standout moments, the best moments of One Life to Live this past year?
0: I will
3: never forget the end of the very first episode when we saw Victor. Um, Because as far as I know, um, nobody knew that he was going to be back. And so just sort of that, at the very end, he was, I think, kind of skulking through Shelter in his hoodie,
0: mm-hmm. and he
3: saw his face It was like, oh, my gosh. You know, so that was a good, I thought that was a great way to sort of start things out. Um, and they, I mean, One Life to Live, say what you will, had a lot of good, I think, shocking, game-changing moments. Um, oh, Jeffrey having the tattoo, and yes. he sort of crossed his feet up <laughs> on the table, and you Absolutely. saw the, the tattoo on the bottom of his foot. I mean, that... One of those, you you wanted to go back and watch the whole show again to see if there were any clues or if you looked at what he had done differently. I mean, that was a really shocking moment, I thought.
1: I I think that it it was really good. And I think that while we're talking about the best of moments, taking away from the fact that the shows are no longer with us and not knowing what's going to happen to them, I think that there is something to be said for the fact that these shows were brought back. You know, regardless oh, yeah. of, of what happened, they were written off as no one wanted to see soaps anymore. No one wanted to watch All My Children or One Life to Live anymore. Fast forward two years or so, we have the shows coming back. They were extremely popular online. The soaps that are on television now are all having you know ratings highs, some, in some cases the highest ratings in seven or eight years. So I think what we're learning from this past year is that Despite the struggles, despite whatever's going on, soaps are still just as popular now as they have been in the past.
3: I think you're right. I see a lot of excitement. I mean, I saw a lot of excitement just on you know on Twitter and on Facebook um, around One Life to Live and all my children. People talking about storylines every day, live blogging, um, and I see that now still with the you know the currently running soaps. So I think I think there is you know something of a A renaissance happening. People getting, you know, are not the fans have always been there, but I think people are getting more excited again. And um, you know, the the current soaps that are on the air, I think, doing some fabulous storylines. And so, yeah, I think I think people people were ready for soaps. You know, people were expecting soaps to die out, and I think the the opposite is happening.
1: Well, before we get too sugary and tiptoeing through the tulips, we do have some worst of things to talk about. And that's what we're going to do next week. Liz, will you come back and chat with me next week about the things that didn't work? And there's obviously an elephant in the room, but there are some other things that we didn't like about 2013. Are you game to come back and talk about those? I would be happy to. Well, that's what we're going to do next week, but for those of you out there who want to read what Liz and I thought were the best moments of All My Children and One Life to Live, my All My Children Best of column will be posted the week of December 23rd on SoapCentral.com and at the same time in our One Life to Live section. Liz's column on the best moments in Landview 2013 will be posted. So you're going to want to go and check those out. And don't forget to join us next week as we talk about the worst of 2013. And that will wrap things up for this week's special edition of Soap Central Live and our look back at the best of Soaps 2013. I hope that you enjoyed this week's show. I know that I always enjoy getting together with my SoapCentral.com family. Our Two Scoops columnist Best and Worst of 2013 columns are available on SoapCentral.com starting the week of December 23rd. Be sure to check it out and you can find out what they have to say was the best and worst of the year gone by in more detail. And we'll be back next week, December 27th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for our look back at the worst of the year gone by. And on behalf of everyone at SoapCentral.com and SoapCentral Live, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to be with our family this week and every week. And I also want to share our wishes for a happy, healthy, and Merry Christmas. We'll see you back here next week for another edition of Soho Ho Central Live.